Well, hey everybody, this is Pastor Rob. It is Wednesday, November 4th, the day after the election. And I just want to encourage you today to trust in the Lord, to lean not on your own understanding, but in all ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your pathway straight. And I just want you to know that God really is in charge and that his love is going to prevail in what's going on in our nation today. Well, without further delay, and given the presidential election, my heart today is to speak about dimensional entrapment. Now, if you recall, or rather if you have listened to Retreating uh, Scattered Parts, Part 1 and Part 2, you will remember that I said that when levels of uh, victimization, rape, molestation, incest, childhood abuse, uh, bad breaks up, breakups, things of this nature occur, uh, that oftentimes parts of our spirit and parts of our soul are scattered and are entrapped in ungodly places. And so today I wanted to explain what these ungodly places are to give you some theological biblical footing and understanding not just so that you know that this is all in the bible but so you can uh, ask the lord to help you get out of these places if parts of your soul and or spirit are trapped there so this message is entitled dimensional entrapment <clears throat> so what i'd like to do this morning <coughs> excuse me is to read to you from Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 through 19 and so let's hear let's go for this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is, and here are the four dimensions of God's love, the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I want to say in part one of this two-part message or episode of Dimensional Entrapment that I plan to speak about both the righteous and unrighteous or the godly and ungodly realms of God's love because the enemy is a counterfeiter and just as there are godly realms of his love there are ungodly realms that the enemy has concocted or created several years ago a female attorney in her 30s approached me and asked if she could meet with my wife and I we met and she shared, it was a terrible story, if I recall it correctly, that she had been violently raped by a client of her law firm. Afraid to disclose what had happened to her with anyone in her firm, she locked herself in her office for two weeks, unable to function. Apparently, he was the uh, biggest client and had threatened her that if she shared what he did to her, he would pull all of his business from the firm and being a partner in the firm she did not want to hurt the firm well uh, 
being shut in for a couple of weeks uh, and unable to function, I explained to her that because she had been severely traumatized by the incident, parts of her soul were possibly entrapped in the ungodly depth. With her consent, I asked the Lord to remove her from this unrighteous realm. And, uh, and uh, where parts of her soul, and I, when I mean soul, her mind, will, and emotions, were being pounded by anguish, torment, and despair. And that's what happens when, a, when someone is entrapped in the ungodly depth. They experience oppression, anguish, torment, and despair. I'm going to unpack this for you a little bit more uh, in the next, uh, or part two today. Well, today she is happily married and doing extremely well because through prayer, and there's a specific prayer that the Lord has taught us to pray, we are able to retrieve her scattered parts. And again, go to part one and part two of retrieving scattered parts to learn more about how to do that. We retrieve parts of her that were entrapped in the ungodly depth. Second story. On a Sunday morning before our 10 a.m. worship service began, a male member of our congregation informed me that he had invited a female friend to our service who was badly in need of prayer ministry and if I could pray for her after the service. He also explained that she had been recently ganged raped by a group of Marines and was not doing well. After our service concluded, I introduced myself to her and offered to pray for her. It was obvious that although she was standing in front of me physically, she was emotionally and spiritually elsewhere. Have you ever felt that way? That you're here, but you're really not here? Well, she declined my offer, so sad, but she declined my offer to pray for her, and in a daze she left, and I never saw her. I haven't seen her since. During a post-Sunday service, third story, prayer time, I unexpectedly felt a jolt of pain or a sensation of pain in my rectum as a teenage girl walked past me. Now I know that sounds very strange, but that's when the gift of discernment is in operation. If you want to learn more about discernment, go to Hebrews 5.14, where it says we're able to discern between good and evil through practice of the use of our senses, to be more exact. And so my sense it was just such a jolt, and I was so taken aback. So I pulled this young lady to the side, and I softly asked her, Have you been sodomized? She began to cry and explained how she had been ganged, sodomized by a group of boys. She allowed me to pray for her that day, and today she is happily married and a proud mother, just as the uh, attorney is doing really well today. And so... These are all examples of what happens to us or what happens to people when they're severely traumatized as parts of their soul will shatter, break apart, and go to these ungodly places. I want to talk now for a brief moment or two about the Me Too movement. In recent years, several high-profile men have been exposed, tried, and jailed, if you recall, for raping and or molesting women, including Dr. Larry Nassar. You know, he was the, the doctor that worked with the young girls on the, uh, Olympi the Olympic gymnasts, the female gymnasts, that is. Matt Lauer of NBA, 
MSNBC, Jeffrey Epstein, the millionaire who raped uh, all those women, Harvey Weinstein, the Hollywood mogul who raped many women, and, and comedian Bill Cosby. Well, in response, large numbers of women stepped forward over the, over the rec in recent years from every walk of life to share about their horrific experiences giving rise to the, and I'm sure you're familiar with this, the Me Too movement. Not surprisingly, each of these women shared how difficult it was for them to function normally after being sexually abused by these men. As the leaves of the tree of life, which is uh, mentioned in, I believe, Revelation 22, 1 and 2, uh, as the leaves of the tree of life for the healing of the nations, we have been called to help the victims or victims of sexual abuse. Jesus said in Luke 17, 21, For indeed the kingdom of God is within you. While the Apostle Paul declared in 1 Corinthians 4.20, the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Well, the kingdom of God is the, is, is if you think about it, it's the king's domain, the kingdom, the king's domain, or power that sets people free from the forces of evil that keep them in spiritual, emotional, and physical bondage. And I think a lot of people are really frustrated with the large C church and attending services and hearing awesome messages, being in wonderful worship, but not experiencing, actually experiencing the power of God to the point where they're being set free from these terrible things that have occurred in their past. Well, God has given us kingdom solutions for the ills of society, and it is our responsibility as the leaves of the tree for the healing of the nations to discover what these solutions are and to loose prayers of freedom for people like those uh, I have I've described or shared above or recently. You know, Jesus walked into a synagogue, if you recall, in Capernaum and declared, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In the last decade, the Lord has released revelational insight about the heavenly realms mentioned in Ephesians 3.18 to help us understand how the enemy entraps people in spiritual darkness. If you are compelled to help people or feel led to help people, feel called by the Holy Spirit to help people trapped in spiritual darkness, the, today's message is really for you. But before we explore how the enemy does this, it is important to explore what the Bible has to say about the heavenly places listed in Ephesians 3.18. They are the width, the length, the height, and the depth. Now I want to make it clear as I proceed that I do not claim to be an expert about the heavenly dimensions. I do know, however, with certainty that the enemy has worked or works overtime to entrap humanity in these ungodly realms. The length, width, height, and depth mentioned in Ephesians 3.18 and other places in Scripture are collections of dimensions in the heavenly places that are domains or realms rather than, than single places. Let me explain. The ungodly depth, for example, is referred to in Job 33, 29 through 30, as a singular pit. But in Psalm 88, 6, it is called the 
lowest pit, or regions, plural, dark and deep. And so there are multiple realms, multiple domains, where people's parts are sent to. So let's investigate now what the Bible has to say about each of these realms, both righteous and unrighteous. Let's look at the righteous width. I would also call the righteous width the realm of trust. Mentioned 25 times in the Old Testament, the word is Rahab, and four times in the New Testament, Platos, the word width means to swell with joy, to boast, to be roomy, to be broad, to enlarge, to broaden, or to make wide. King David alluded to the width in 2 Samuel twenty-two thirty-seven when he rejoiced, Lord, you gave a wide place for my steps under me, and my feet did not slip. The righteous width, we have discovered, is the realm of the heart. In Proverbs 4.23, King Solomon wrote, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. While in Matthew 22.37, Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. My dear friend Dr. Cox explains in Exploring Heavenly Places, Volume 9, that the righteous width is the spiritual dimension where faith, hope, and love abide. Now, scriptural reference here would be 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Well, a quick glance at Psalm 116, 34 through 35 answers the question, is this really biblical? Is the rich, uh, righteous width the place where faith, hope, and love abide? Well, again, I'm referring here to Psalm 119, verses 33 through 48. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Turn away the reproach that I dread, for your rules are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. In your righteousness, give me life. Let your steadfast love come to me. O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then shall I have an answer for him who taunts me. For I trust in your word. And take the word of truth utterly out of my mouth. For my hope is in your rules. I will keep your law continually forever and ever and I shall walk in a wide place. For I have sought your precepts. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings, and I shall not be put to shame. For I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands toward your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Again, this was from Psalm 119, verses 33 through 48, which show us that the width of God's love has to do with trust and when we're, when we're resting and we're trusting in God, faith, hope, and love abide. Well, we also know from Acts 13 22 that King David trusted the Lord with all of his heart, not just some, but all of his heart. Are you trusting today God with all of your heart? I mean, even though David went through all kinds of ups and downs, you know the story being chased around the Israeli countryside, by King Saul, 
even though he had a tough time. The Bible tells us from Psalm 119, verse 45, I just read this, that he walked in a wide or spacious place. Over the years, I've met many believers who have told me that they're unable to trust authority figures, likely because their dads or their parents did something to them and destroyed basic trust. Some have even admitted to me that they have had a difficult time trusting the Lord. When we trust God with all of our heart like King David and lean not on our own logical understanding, you know this from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, our spirit and soul will be anchored in the godly with where hope, faith, and love reside. And this will happen even when our circumstances are bleak. And this is why the enemy works overtime to destroy basic trust in our lives. You see, once we cease to trust the Lord and become fearful to the point of trying to figure everything out on our own, parts of our spirit and soul are likely entrapped in the ungodly with. And so this raises the question, are you dealing with broken trust in your life? Think back to a time in your journey with the Lord when you began to doubt Him. Maybe you're in that place right now. Once you've identified that time or season in your life, begin to reflect on a possible event, circumstance, or crisis when you were pounded with fear. Did you lose trust in God at this time? If fear didn't rattle you, then perhaps trust waned in your life when God didn't answer your prayer in the time frame you expected Him to. Or is it possible at this time that disappointment crept into your soul and you began to doubt God's goodness? The point here that I'm trying to make is that the enemy can entrap you and I in the ungodly wit when we begin for whatever reason to doubt him during times of adversity or seasons of trauma, especially during our childhood. When doubt begins to grow in our hearts, Psalm 46.10 provides the antidote or anchors us. It says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah, Psalm 46, 10 through 11. Let's look now at the second realm or heavenly place described in Ephesians 3, 18. And I'm referring here now to the righteous link, which I will call the realm of intimacy. Now, if you recall, the righteous width was the realm of, can you remember? trust or the righteous length is the realm of intimacy this is what the lord has shown us the greek word for length is mekos m-e-k-o-s mentioned three times in the new testament ephesians 3 18 and twice in revelation 21 16 the word is defined as the distance between the two ends of an object well that that's pretty obvious isn't it well proverbs 10 27 unpacks it a little bit more and it says the uh, that our length which is yasap, Y-A-S-A-P in the New Testament, our length of days is directly tied to the worship of God. The Bible says in the Breton Septuagint translation, the fear, homage, respect, reverence, to hold in awe of the Lord adds length of days, but the years of the ungodly shall be shortened. So when we are fearing God, paying Him homage, respect, reverence, holding him in awe the lord says that our years right will be increased but when we don't our years will be shortened 
According to the Hebrew Dictionary, the word yasap or length is mentioned 213 times and can mean to add to, to do once more, to do again, to gain more, to be joined, to increase, to continue on, to happen again, to exceed or surpass. The bottom line is that when we hold God in awe, when we're joined to Him intimately, the Bible says that our days will be lengthened. Now the Passion Translation adds another twist. It says, living in the worship and awe of God will bring you many years of contented living. So how could the wicked ever expect to have a long, happy life? Now to understand this a, little, a bit more, we'd go back to the book of Genesis. Because before Adam and Eve fell, they both had an intimate, close relationship. They were joined heart to heart with their Heavenly Father. And the Bible tells us that they were designed to live forever. But after the fall, the first couple no longer reverenced, respected, or held God in awe because they were not joined to Him any longer heart to heart. Cut off from His presence, they no longer enjoyed sonship and daughtership or an intimate relationship with Him. The moment you are joined as part of the bride of Christ, which is the church, to the bridegroom, who is Jesus, intimacy with the Father is established. But when you join, or a person joins themselves intimately to another person outside of marriage, right? that person harnesses, yokes, or joins themselves to Baal. I'll be teaching about Baal, and the, the um, spiritual entity referred to in Scripture as Baal in future episodes. But once there's an adulterous affair or sex before marriage, we are joined to Baal and the ungodly length. Now, of course, this is idolatry. In his book, Counterfeit Gods, Tim Keller poses the question, what is an idol? Well, he says, it is anything or anyone more important to you than God, anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God, anything you seek to give you what only God can give. A counterfeit God is anything so central and essential to your life that should you lose it, your life would feel hardly worth living. The righteous link, therefore, is the realm of intimacy between Jesus and his bride. This is not idolatry. Okay? This is what it means to be a believer. Okay? So now there, there you have it, the righteous width and the righteous length. I now like to break down for you for a moment the righteous height, which I will refer to now as the realm of divine purpose. The righteous height is the spiritual realm of that, that platform that God wants you to step on. Again, it's the spiritual realm of divine purpose. When you venture into uncharted territory by faith, conquering your fear, conquering your inadequacies, you are functioning as a believer in the righteous height. Now, the height can be defined by two words, ruling and reigning ruling and reigning. When, when you are ruling and reigning according to God's wisdom, you are advancing upwards into your purpose and into your calling. Now, I can't tell you how many people have come to me over the years saying, Rob, what is my purpose in God? I want to know why God has put me here on the earth. And for whatever reason, there many people aren't able to step in to their purpose and call. Now, Proverbs 8, chapter 8, verses 1 through 6 and 9, 1 through 6 in the Passion Translation provide greater insight about the godly height. 
let me read these passages together. Can't you hear the voice of wisdom from the top of the mountain or top of the mountains, the height of influence, she speaks into the gateways of the glorious city. So we, we know right from this first line of Proverbs 8, verse 1, that wisdom is in the height. Now bear with me here as I try to unpack this for you more. The scripture continues, at the place where the pathways merge, at the entrance of every portal, there she stands. So we know that wisdom is a she, ready to impart understanding, shouting aloud to all who enter, preaching her sermon to those who will listen. I'm calling to you, sons of Adam. Yes, and to you, daughters, as well. Listen to me, and you will be prudent and wise, for even the foolish and feeble can receive an understanding heart and will change their inner being. The meaning of my words will release within you revelation for you to reign in life. My lyrics will empower you to live by what is right. All right. So wisdom is in the height, and we know from the rest of Proverbs chapter 8 and also Proverbs chapter 3 that wisdom is the Holy Spirit. Proverbs 9, 1 through 6. Wisdom has built herself a palace upon seven pillars to keep it secure. She, there it is again, wisdom is a she, she has made ready a banquet feast and sacrifice has been killed. She has mingled her wine and the tables all set. She has sent out her maidens crying out from the high place, inviting everyone to come and eat until they're full. Whoever wants to know me and receive my wisdom, come and dine at my table and drink of my wine. Lay aside your simple thoughts and leave your paths behind. Agree with my ways. Live in my truth and the righteousness, and righteousness rather, you will find. Let me try to summarize these verses for you. Wisdom is acquired when you dwell, when your spirit man and your soul mind, will, and emotions are dwelling or residing in the godly height. Wisdom is the Holy Spirit. And so to be able to stand confidently on the platform of your God preordained purpose, you need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. In volume 9 of his book, Exploring the Heavenly Realms, Paul, Bach, Paul Cox shares his insight about the godly height. He says, quote, We are to rule and reign with Christ exercising the authority we have through Jesus to govern as the Spirit leads, to travel into new heights of revelatory experience with Him, to experience wisdom, understanding, revelation, instruction, and breakthrough. And that would be breakthrough into your purpose and making impact in people's lives. So we're now going to explore the last of the four righteous realms, and that is the realm referred to as the righteous depth or the realm of of the soul the realm of the soul the righteous depth is the realm of the soul where your mind will and emotions experience the intensity or depth of the father's love for you as his beloved son or daughter the Paul the Apostle Paul described the immensity of this realm this love realm in Romans 8 38 through 39 where he said for I'm sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. When 2012, I went on a Hawaii inter-island cruise with my wife and 
Paul and Donna Cox. And one evening while I was walking around the ship's deck, I was mesmerized by the vastness and the depth of the surrounding Pacific Ocean below. This, the Holy Spirit whispered that night, is how deep my love for you is, or my love for you, Rob, is. And so there you have it. You have the four realms of God's love. Now the reason why I have unpacked these realms to you today is I wanted you to understand the righteous side before I share with you the unrighteous side. Because the unrighteous side is where most people get into trouble. Again, I, I, I talked about the righteous width, which is the realm of trust. I spoke on the righteous length, which is the realm of intimacy. And this is why God does not want us to shack up, does not want you to have sex before marriage, sex outside of marriage, or uh, you know, commit adultery or anything like that, because it, you join yourself to these other partners and once you're joining yourself to other people you are joining yourself to the ungodly length and intimacy between you and your spouse is destroyed and intimacy between you and others or you and God rather is, is destroyed and so I'll be explaining this more as uh, I unpack it in part two and then of course I, I outlined the righteous height which is the realm of divine purpose and that, the, that wisdom or the Holy Spirit's leadership or leading is in that spiritual realm. And that when you're following the lead of the Holy Spirit via the Word of God, you're going to be able to discover your purpose and, and rule and reign as a believer who's making impact. And then, of course, I just shared about the righteous depth or the realm of the soul and that it is an immense place and that the Father wants you to know how greatly loved you are in Jesus' name.